Hebrews chapter 12, and I want to leave with you the verse 14, where we read these words, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And especially the last part of the verse, shall see the Lord. Shall see the Lord. That's what I want to speak about tonight. Shall see the Lord. This, this wonderful promise, this wonderful reality. Now clearly, whenever the apostle here is, is setting this before us, he's talking about something that's very wonderful. To see the Lord is a wonderful thing. It's a marvelous thing. And it's, it's a blessed hope. And it's something that we want, want not to miss. We want to have it. To see the Lord now, of course. But especially to see the Lord in eternity. To see his face. So that's what we're speaking about tonight. Seeing the Lord. There are two main points. And I want to deal with them. Firstly and mainly. What is it that Paul is speaking about? What's in his mind here when he says, shall see the Lord? And then secondly, and more briefly, we want to ask, well, why does he say this? Why does he bring it in here? Why is it so important that he brings it in here? So, so what he's saying, what he's talking about, and why? Why he would bring it up and why he would encourage us with this blessed hope. So first of all, then, what is Paul speaking about? We want to ascertain who he is, first of all, talking about. What does he mean when he says the Lord? To see the Lord. Who is the Lord? And of course we know the Lord is God. He's talking about seeing God. The Lord who in this chapter he has already referred to multiple times. For example in verse 5 there we talked about the chastening of the Lord. It's the same Lord. The Lord God. To see that Lord who has chastened us all our lives. Verse 6, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. So it's the Lord who loves us. That's the love of God. It's the Lord who chastens us. In chapter 10, at the end of verse 30, it says that the Lord shall judge his people. It's the same Lord. The Lord who judges his people. And then in verse 6 of chapter 13, the Lord is my helper. So he's the Lord who helps us. So it's this same Lord that he's talking about throughout all the chapters. God. To see God. Now, of course, we have to think about, well, how can one see God? Because we know God is invisible. God is a spirit, a pure spirit. And he, he's invisible. He, in a sense, he cannot be seen. In fact, the Bible says concerning God, no man hath seen God at any time. He can't be seen. Thou canst not see my face, God said to Moses. There can no man see me and live. He dwells in light that cannot be approached unto. It's not possible to see him. It's dangerous to see him. There is no man can see me and can live. And so there's a great impossibility of this in one respect. And yet Paul says, see the Lord. The Lord who loves us, the Lord who chastens us, the Lord who judges us, the Lord who helps us. Seeing him, seeing God. Remember how Paul said, unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, 
He's the invisible God. And so how can God be seen? Who is invisible. And who dwells in consuming fire and light that cannot be even approached on to. Well the answer is in his son Jesus Christ. At the incarnation God took flesh and became visible. He was seen. The word was made flesh, became visible, dwelt among us. The invisible God was manifested in flesh. He began to be seen. And this is what Paul has in mind. The God who is seen. And so God in his son Jesus Christ became man. He covered himself with flesh and he entered into time and space to be seen. And he's always visible now in his humanity wherever he appears in it. Emmanuel, God with us, God manifested among us, God in flesh, God one with us. In the incarnation. And so Jesus Christ. He's the image. Of the invisible God. The the icon. The one who's given visibility. To God. The one that we can worship. Who is in the flesh. The God man. And when we see him. We see God. Because the Lord Jesus says. Have I been so long with you Philip. You don't know me yet. He who have seen me have seen the Father. No man have seen God at any time. The only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. He has shown him. He has manifested him. And so Paul is right when he says to the Corinthians, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness have shined in our hearts to give the knowledge of the glory of God, that burning fiery glory of the invisible God. He has shined in our hearts to give the, that knowledge in the face, in the very face of Jesus Christ. It is visible now in the God man, the Lord Jesus. So, so the Lord here is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God the Son. And that name, the Lord, is the most usual designation of Christ in the Scriptures. The Lord is the judge of his people. You remember how he said, the Father has given all judgment unto the Son. It's all in my hand. The Lord shall judge his people. That's Christ. It is the Lord who is our helper. It is the Lord who chastens us and disciplines us. Our great shepherd who with rod and staff leads us through the wilderness, keeping us under his righteous discipline, leading us in the paths of righteousness as our heavenly shepherd. That's the Lord. That's the Son of God. He's our shepherd. And we have the hope of seeing the Lord. And so he is the one who is referred to in the text. Seeing the Lord. 
Now, there are many ways in which the Lord can be seen, of course. And we have to ascertain which one Paul is speaking about. Now, it's clear that he's not referring to a bodily scene of the Lord in our present flesh and blood. You know, that's the way that the apostles saw him before he died. They saw him in flesh and blood, literally. They saw that Galilean. Some saw him in the manger. Some saw him growing up as a little boy. Some saw him as a man. For three years the apostles were around his feet seeing him, handling him, hearing him, following him. And many saw him on the cross as he died in cruelty and in weakness. Uh, But Paul is not speaking about that scene of the Lord. That scene of the Lord is a a past scene. It, It can't be repeated now. It was throughout the 30 years that he lived among men. Uh, His apostles saw him, but not only his apostles, unbelievers saw him too. Many unbelievers saw him. And it didn't mean that they were saved because they saw him in flesh. In fact, there were many unbelievers who saw him in flesh and they, they weren't saved. And they rejected him. They crucified him, in fact. The world saw Jesus and crucified him. He was visible to them and they hung him on the tree. So it wasn't a saving, it wasn't a a blessing sight that they had often. You remember how on one occasion where people came out of a city, it says that when they saw him, they besought him that he would go away. He'd depart out of their coast. They saw the Lord. They saw the Lord, but they, they asked him to go. They asked him to depart. They were only seeing him according to the flesh. And that's not saving. That's not transforming. And that's not what Paul is talking about. Nobody can see him like that now. That's, that's history now. That's past. He's not visible in that way anymore. So it's, it's not that that he's talking about. And then there were post-resurrection appearances to the early believers. Whenever the Lord in his glorified humanity arose from the grave. And he made manifestations to certain of his people. Just as people now. He didn't appear to unbelievers He appeared to his people in his glorified humanity. And Paul's not talking about that. That's history too. That's in the past. That can't be repeated. And then, of course, there have been special revelations of Jesus where Jesus has come and appeared unto people in the Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament times. You remember how Stephen said, I saw the heavens opened. And the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. He saw the Lord. It was a vision. It was a special scene of the Lord while he was still in this earth. Still in this time. Still in this world. But he was dying. He was going to die. He was going to be with the Lord. And the Lord granted him a special vision to see the Lord. And then Paul himself had those kinds of visions where he saw the Lord. For example, when he was saved, he saw the Lord. And he was converted. And there were other times when he was caught up into heaven and had these visions and saw the Lord. And John, you remember in the Isle of Patmos, he saw the Lord and he described it all to us. But these are visions. These are revelations. These are different. We're not to expect those. Paul isn't saying, if you're holy, if you're walking with God, if you're a believer, you'll have these visions and you'll see the Lord. That's not what he's referring to. And don't let any charismatic tell you that otherwise. We're not to expect those kind of visions, those kind of revelations. And the apostle is not speaking about that at all. No. 
He's not saying you'll have one of these scenes if you're a sanctified saint. And neither is he talking about the scene of the Lord by faith. And that is a very important scene. And perhaps for a few moments I could focus on that. We can't see the Lord by faith. We can see the Lord in his word. Do you remember how he said there in Hebrews chapter 2, the same apostle, we see Jesus. That's a present scene, not just a past scene. He's talking about now. We see Jesus now. We see him presently. We see him in, in Psalm 8. And that's the context in which he's talking about it. We see Jesus in Psalm 8. We see Jesus in all the Psalms. We see Jesus in the Old Testament. We see Jesus in the Gospels. When we read the Gospels, we see Jesus in the preaching of the Word. And so the Bible does talk about faith as seen. And in faith, in, in preaching and in sermons, the Lord is set before our mind's eye. And faith can see him. And we all have that experience, I trust, where we see the Lord. That's the kind of scene that Moses had. He saw him, he was invisible. He saw him with his mind's eye. He had a spiritual insight, a spiritual foreseeing. And with our minds, we can see the Son of God. We see that he's risen. We see that he died for our sins. We see that he's a saviour mighty to save. We see that he's at the right hand of God. And Paul has been showing us all of this, hasn't he? He's been showing us all to our sight. He's been causing us to see these things with faith. And it's very important to see the Lord like that. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. These are things you can't see with your eye. But by faith. You see them. Your father Abraham, Jesus said to the Jews, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw, he saw him was glad. Now he didn't literally see Jesus in flesh, he didn't see the incarnate Son of God, but in his mind's eye, because he had faith, and because the Word of God came to him, and because the Spirit was working in him, he could just see it all. It was as if it was real to him, made real by faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are invisible, not seen. So we see the Lord, I trust, every week. As the word goes forth, we see the Lord, I trust, every time we read our Bible. But we see the Lord, that he shows himself to us in some way. You remember how in Hebrews 11 it was said, they all died in faith, not having received the promises, but they saw them afar off. How was it they saw them when they hadn't got them in their hands and in their grasp and they were so distant? It was faith. Faith brought the so distant hope so near that it was real. It was, it was if, as if as seen. So faith gives us spiritual eyes to see the Lord. And you have to see the Lord every week. And you should pray, Lord, I want to see thee in your word today. I want you to make yourself manifested to me in your truth. And to get a glimpse. And sometimes we pray, Lord, give the people a, a fresh glimpse of your glory and of your greatness. Remember, the Lord said to Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. But blessed are they that have not seen and cannot see, but still believe. They see with faith, although they don't see as Thomas saw with, with his literal eyes. So there is a saying, the Lord, by faith. And it's right to pray about that. It's right to ask the Lord, show us yourself. Show us your glory. 
Show us yourself in your word, Lord. And it's right to say to the preacher, show us Jesus. We would see Jesus. And as I said, we can expect to see him week by week as we meet here in his house. You remember Kuiper the poet? Where is the blessedness I knew when first I saw the Lord? Where is the soul-refreshing view of Jesus and his word? So there is a scene of Jesus in the ordinances. And at the table we see Jesus. And in the baptisms that we carry out we see Jesus. And, but especially in the preaching of the word of God we see him. And they that are peaceable and they that are sanctified and having sanctified lives and endeavouring to go on with the Lord they can have the hope of seeing him in his word. And the expectation that, that they'll get a glimpse of Christ. You're, if you're out of touch with the Lord and out of fellowship with God you probably won't see the Lord. But if the Spirit's working in your heart and you're conscientious and you're careful about the sanctifying grace of God in your life and sincere and earnest, you'll see the Lord. The Lord will show you himself in his word and you'll get that soul-refreshing view of him. And they're very important times to see the Lord because when we see the Lord, we're, we're made more humble. When we see the Lord, we're made more joyful. When we see the Lord, we become more like him. When we see the Lord, we're more sensitive to sin. We're more careful about sin. When we see the Lord, we fear him more. We love him more. We want to know him more. When we see the Lord, we're more comforted. And we have more assurance. And we know that he's near when we see him. And we have the assurance that he'll help us. Because he's near and he's shown himself to us. If we have these manifestations of the Lord, they will bring all these precious fruits in our lives you remember how that Moses endured that kept Moses going didn't it because he saw the Lord you remember Stephen as he was dying why did the Lord give him a sight of himself as he was dying to hold him up to keep his spirit because he was in that awful Sanhedrin and all those angry cross faces and all that opposition against him and there wasn't one there to stand by him and the Lord just opened up heaven in the vision, just showed him himself. Stephen, I'm with you. I'm standing with you. You can see me, Stephen. So he had a sight of the Lord by, by faith given to him in the vision. And so the Lord sustains us with a sight of himself. And that's a real and a blessed sight by faith. But it's not what Paul is talking about in this text. This clearly refers to a future scene of the Lord. A future scene that some might miss and which you need to have qualifications for. Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. It's a scene that some won't have, that some won't experience and that many will. There is clearly qualification needed for this, and the qualification in the text stated is holiness. It cannot therefore be that scene in the future of the unconverted. Because whenever the Lord appears, everybody's going to see him. Even the unconverted as well as the saved. The unholy as well as the holy Paul is talking about without holiness no man shall see the Lord. And yet we know that at the last day when the judge comes back again, the unholy will see him. And he can't be talking about that. Because this is only a scene that the holy have. 
And it is true that the unconverted will see the Lord in a very real sense. The Bible says that the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. All the tribes of the earth will mourn and they'll see the Son of Man coming in glory. He'll appear again. He'll be visible again. He'll be seen again. Remember how Jesus said to the high priest, whenever he was condemned by the high priest, Jesus said, Hereafter you'll see heaven opened and the Son of Man coming in clouds of glory. You'll see him. And you remember how we read in the book of the Revelation that all the ungodly at the end, how they're saying, fall on us, the mountains fall on us. We'll see his face. We'll see the face of the Lamb. We'll see the Lord. We don't want to see the Lord. We don't want to see his face. Fall on us. Fall on us and cover us and hide us from his appearing. Hide us from his manifestation. Hide us from his face. So the unholy will see the Lord. And a great white throne will be set. And all the dead will, small and great, they'll all stand before God. And all the books will be opened. And and every eye and all the people will be there. And everybody will see God, the judge on his throne. It's not that which Paul is talking about. This is a scene only the people of God have. A very special scene of the Lord. What is he talking about here? What is the difference between the unholy seeing the Lord and the holy, the people of God seeing the Lord? Clearly there's a difference. And the apostle's not thinking of the former, he's thinking of the latter, the people of God seeing the Lord. This is the blessed hope of the people of God seeing the Lord. What's the difference? Well, the thing is, this is a blessed scene. You see, there's a cursed scene of the There's a terrible scene of the Lord. There's a soul-destroying and agonizing scene of the Lord that causes weeping and gnashing of teeth. Awful sight of the Lord that causes that terror in sinners. Seeing the Lord and perishing. Seeing the Lord and dreading Him. Seeing the Lord and leaving him and departing into hell. Seeing the Lord and him say, go, go from me and depart into everlasting judgment. This is not that scene. This is a scene God in all his revealed glory that brings such blessing. Such marvelous bounty to his people when they see him. This is the blessed sight. This is the sight of which the Lord Jesus Christ talked in the Beatitudes. You remember how he said, blessed are those people, and he gave all those Beatitudes. And there's one like this, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They'll see him. It's a blessed hope. They're blessed who see God this way. And there comes blessedness eternal into their hearts and lives who see God in this way. This is what Paul is talking about. The blessed sight, the blessed seeing. And it's a future seeing. And it arises out of a suitably qualified life. The pure in heart shall see God. Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And so Paul is just talking about what Jesus talked about. 
He's just talking about the very same thing in that beatitude. Matthew 5 and 8 is a parallel verse with this. And I have no doubt that Paul has that beatitude in mind here when he writes this to the Hebrews. So seeing God is not a new Pauline revelation. It goes back to the Beatitudes. In fact, it goes back to the Old Testament. It goes back into olden times. It's an Old Testament doctrine that the saints are going to have a glorious glimpse of God at the last day. And as they enter into the new heavens and the new earth. You remember Job, how his body was racked and how it was nearly ready for the grave. And how he had all these sores and how life had nothing for him now. And he was, he was just about ready to depart and to go. You remember how he said, though my skin worms destroy this body, he says. Yet in my flesh shall I see God. So Job had the blessed hope. And Job's contemporary with Abraham, a very ancient saint. And he had this hope. And we read Psalm 17, did we not? Where the psalmist had this hope, where he said, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I'll see your face, Lord. One day I'll behold it in righteousness. Do you see this parallel again? Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. The pure in heart shall see God. I'll see your face in righteousness. It's an Old Testament doctrine. I shall be satisfied then, he said. I'll awake with your likeness then. You see, this is the thing about seeing God. This is what Paul is talking about. Whenever the saints see God like this, they'll be like him. It'll be a transforming sight. That's what Paul means. The wicked, they see God and they go with crying and gnashing of teeth into the darkness. But the people of God who have the justification in their lives and out of that is coming the sanctifying grace of God making them holy they see him and they become completely like him that's what Paul is talking about they'll see the Lord like that and it'll be blessed to become like him thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty the Bible says that's an Old Testament teaching you'll see the king you'll see the king of glory You'll be satisfied with the sight. You'll have his likeness when you awake from the resurrected dead with that sight. Your eyes will behold his face. So this is a scene in the world to come. And in heaven. The souls of the saints see him now of course. But this Paul is speaking about the end of the world and the resurrection of the dead. And that scene of the Lord when he appears. And we become like him. In all his fullness. So this scene of the Lord is different from the wicked seeing him. Because it, it's eternal. The wicked just see him for a little time and he says go, go. But whenever his people see him. They shall never not see him. They'll always see him. They'll eternally see him. The scene will commence in the resurrection. But it shall never cease. They'll see the Lord every day. They'll see the Lord every year. If there are days and years in, in the new heavens and the new earth and eternity. But they'll see him perpetually. 
And they'll never be out of his presence, out of his sight. They'll always see the Lord. And in his presence they'll, they'll have that joy because this is what it means, seeing the Lord. You'll have the joy of his presence. You'll have joyfulness in your soul. You'll have all the transformation that comes by just seeing the Lord. Remember, know how sometimes seeing people it nearly changes you. It just lifts you. It encourages you. There's some people you like to see. Some people you don't like to see discourages you but some people you you see and it just lifts you but what will it be when we see the Lord how that will lift us how that will change everything how that will be so glorious so much better so beloved now are we the sons of God it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is this scene is so important to becoming like him And you'll see him forever and ever without ceasing. And you'll have his presence. What what did the Bible say? We looked at it in Revelation. They shall see his face. Praise his name. What a blessed hope. This is what Paul is talking about. They'll be forever with the Lord. Now secondly, and I'll be very quick in this. It's really a practical matter. Why does Paul say this? Why does he bring it in at all here? Well obviously because... It is the ultimate blessed hope. And you don't want to miss it. You don't want to be unbelieving and rejecting Christ and leaving the Christian faith and miss it. This is the highest blessedness. This is the highest, the climax of all at the end, going into eternity, seeing the Lord forever and ever. He's setting this forth as the highest motive. First of all, to be a Christian. You don't want to miss this. You want to be a Christian because you want to have the hope of seeing the Lord. And then also he sets it forth as a motive to keep the Christians in the path. You Hebrews, I know it's tough. I know you've been getting it difficult and you're thinking about leaving. You're thinking about giving up the Christian faith You're thinking about deserting Christ. The devil is putting it into your mind. But I'm telling you. You have to keep on in the grace of God. You have to keep on in the sanctifying grace of the Holy Spirit. You have to keep on knowing his work in your life. You have to persevere in the faith. You have to continue. Because this is the hope before you. This is the climax. And that's a motive to keep you going. No matter how hard it is, no matter what difficulties, no matter what the devil presents in your path, keep on in the Christian faith. Holiness. Keep on in godliness. Keep on experiencing the evidence of true justification in your life in the sanctifying grace of God going on. And that's leading to the hope of glory. So he's using it as a motive, you see, to urge us on. A motive to continue believing. And a motive, if you're not saved, you better get saved. Because if you don't see the Lord, you'll see the demons for all eternity. And you'll see the hideous wicked. And if they've given you a hard time in, in, in life, Believe me, they'll give you a harder time in hell. 
You want to see the Lord. You want to see Christ. So come to him. Look to his face now by faith and believe on him and say, Lord Jesus, be my saviour. Be my redeemer. Give me your grace in my heart and in my life. Lead me on with you through your grace and bring me to this heavenly hope to see your face forever and ever. May it be so for all of us. Let us pray.